Roger Williams University is hosting a crisis management seminar on May 3rd at their Providence campus. Crises, whether a natural disaster, cyber attack, or financial instability, can have severe repercussions if not handled properly. This is where crisis management plays a pivotal role. Join Roger Williams' MBA students and expert speakers to learn how to prepare for the unexpected. The program is totally free and open to the public. You can register online at rwu.edu slash events slash crisis management symposium. This is the Bartholomew Town Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome into another edition of the Bartholomew Town Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Bartholomew. On this episode, a conversation with Helen Baskerville Dukes and Lisa Scorpio of Juneteenth RI. And a very happy Juneteenth to all of you out there in the Bartholomew Town audience and beyond. We've seen a lot of traction in recent days with respect to Juneteenth becoming either a federal or minimum a state bank holiday, uh, so to speak. And no doubt this all ties into the historic moment that we're living in here in the wake of the murder of George Floyd and really just addressing systemic inequity at large. This goes back to the COVID crisis, if you'd like to. This can go back 400 years, if you'd like to. Depends on where you want to shine the magnifying glass. But looking in the present tense, we've seen in the past week some significant changes, at least in tone and approach. And it's my feeling, and I'm sure many of yours as well, that this is just the beginning of what will end up being a major cultural shift. Who knows where it culminates, but you know, this isn't just a, a flavor of the week type moment anymore, folks. We're living in a time where there's really no going back from here um, when it comes to addressing, not necessarily immediately correcting, but addressing, acknowledging, and moving forward on the significant social inequities that have been laid out before us. So to that point, uh, beginning today and throughout the weekend, I'll have live coverage of some of the rallies that are going on around the state. Check out my Instagram page at Bartholomew Town Podcast for the specifics and head over to either the Facebook group or simply just type in btown.stream. That'll bring you to the Facebook group where I'll be live streaming uh, many of the rallies that are taking place in Providence and Newport this weekend. All right, before we get to today's conversation, I wanted to let you know, kind of give you the preview here because I'm not going to do the official launch until this coming Monday, but I have put up a Bartholomew Town Patreon account. Now you can head over to patreon.com slash Bartholomew Town and take a look at the opportunities for you to get involved and pledge a very small amount to help sustain the project and what we're doing right now with the, the podcast, obviously, at least twice a week, the live streaming, the social media coverage, the press conference coverage, and so forth. But ready to expand into some new territory, some terra incognito, and really just bring it all home, try to take it a couple of notches up. So going to lay all that out really next week, but I want to give you a preview, patreon.com slash Bartholomew Town. You can take a look and see if maybe you'd feel comfortable with a $3 per month pledge. There's also a $10 per month option that'll get you some exclusive content. Moving along, trying to take things up several notches here in B-Town. And by the way, couldn't have made it two and a half years without your attention and your support and your feedback. I love hearing from each and every one of you. Get a lot of messages on a daily basis, and it's really the most rewarding part of this entire project. You can reach out anytime you'd like on social channels or send me an email, bill at ripodcast.com. Well, you know, let's let's get into the basics of, the the, the most basics. If, if um, Helen, if you could explain 
for the audience, those who, for whatever reason, don't understand what Juneteenth is and, and what it represents, um, there's, there's the specifics of it, of course, with uh, the U.S. Union Army troops making their way to Galveston, Texas on June 19th to announce to uh, the population at large, but particularly those who were enslaved, that the Civil War was over and the Emancipation Proclamation had been declared. But if you could kind of get into the specific details of it, Helen, um, and what it means today. Right, right. Um, Just to add on to what you were saying, it took two and a half years for them to reach um, um, Texas, uh, the the slaves that were a part of the Confederacy. So Galveston, Texas, of course, was the first that, like you said, General um, Gordon Granger, um, with somewhat of 2,000 Union soldiers, came in to let the slaves know that they were free. Um, Let's see. So now that that has happened, um, and then the following year, the slaves um, began to uh, make this a celebration um, to remember when they were freed. And we call it Juneteenth because um, it's in June and it was, of course, on the 19th. Um, and so to the community, um, it means representation, it means, um, pride, culture, um, a day of celebration to um, remember what has um, happened to us over um, a long period of time in the U.S. under, um, under slavery. So when we come together, it's about food, it's about our culture, music, dancing, and uh, um, showing love. And also on the economic standpoint, being able to um, uh, give back to our community and what they're selling. Lisa, we've seen, obviously, we're in an historic moment right now. It comes in waves. It, it, it's as going all the way back, really, to recorded history's origins. You know, the waves of people, by and large, sort of waking up to injustices and waking up to misdeeds. We're in one of those moments right now. How does Juneteenth for you tie into everything that we're experiencing right now, from the, the rallies and protests to the calls for removal of statues or the name change in? the state of Rhode Island, removing the Providence plantations element. How does Juneteenth fit into all of that to you, Lisa? Well, I think now is the first time many, many people are learning about Juneteenth because so many people are being woke because of what happened with George Floyd. I think that it all goes together, the plantation getting that name off of this state, because although we know that it, it's not, it, when they put it here in Rhode Island, it wasn't the meaning that we think of. That's the meaning that, that black people think of. They think of rape and pillaging and taking them from Africa. Because remember, they were, they were, they were African people who So I feel like all these, I feel like this is the time and things are gonna change. And what are you doing to be a part of it? And Juneteenth is a celebration. And right now with everything going on, we really need a great celebration. We need a boost. And I think that this is it. Yeah. Helen, if you want to expand on that comment. No, I I agree with everything Lisa said. She said it in a nutshell. And 
And there's no better time. I think one of the other great things that's come through the George Floyd um, situation and police killings is that now the nation knows about Juneteenth or have heard about it as well as um, internationally. So with that being said, we have a laser focus on Juneteenth and prayerfully it'll become a federal holiday, um, paid holiday, um, so that we can have something to um, enjoy for ourselves. And, and when I say for ourselves, not just for ourselves, because we're a very inclusive people, but something that came out of our struggle, sort of like the Dr. Martin Luther King holiday. You know, after all the holidays um, that um, are here in the States, something for us, but for everyone, because it's an American holiday. Absolutely. I mean, we saw, I think it was a couple of days ago now, um, Congressman Cicilline announcing that he is giving his staff off uh, for, for Juneteenth. This podcast is airing on Juneteenth. We're taping it on a Thursday, the Thursday before. But uh, so ostensibly, Congressman Cicilline has his staffers off today. This morning, I heard Representative Anastasia Williams, a, a favorite of the Bartholomew Town crowd, so to speak, on the radio discussing if it doesn't work on the federal level, well, there's going to be movement to make it happen on the state level. And then just yesterday, I asked the governor during her press conference, would she consider if there is a pushback, I guess, from a worker standpoint on adding another holiday? Well, how about get rid of VJ Day or Victory Day and swap it out for Juneteenth? So there's there's conversation about it in a way that I personally have never experienced before. And I think you're absolutely right that finally it's becoming a mainstream topic of conversation. Right. Which is also great. However, I, I, it, it's widely known among the, among the African American population. So now um, 47 States and also um, the district of Columbia um, has it designated as a state holiday or um, observance. So here in Rhode Island, we were the 42nd state to adapt it as a holiday. Um, we just hope it goes a lot further. Um, federally recognized would be great. Um, and I'm, I'm glad you put that in there. So, you know, locally, depending on how long it's going to take for it to become a federal holiday, perhaps she would institute that and maybe a swap out of something that honestly, <laughs> um, we're just not okay with celebrating anymore. Completely. I think Governor Raimondo is very open to all of this. Mm -hmm. I think that this could be great for her legacy, the work yes. plantation, making Juneteenth a, a celebrated holiday because it's already a legal holiday, but it's not a celebrated holiday. And I think that now is the time, and I think our governor is on top of it, and she wants to do this. So I'm very excited right now about it. Yeah, I get that I sense as well, well that, that she's excited about the opportunity, that, that whether it's even with answering questions about the removal of the Columbus statue or the remove the change of the name, the Providence Plantation's names, it seems like she is now buying into that more and more. Right, right. which is great, which is great. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the specifics of uh, Juneteenth Providence celebration. It's 4 p.m., right, that it, that it kicks off? At City Hall, Actually, um, and well, no, there's a protest going on. There are other um, Juneteenth protests and celebrations going on, but that's not us. We're officially okay. the Rhode Island, well, Juneteenth, Rhode Island, yep. and um, 
we decided to do a virtual celebration because all of the events um, around the city and, and the state, throughout the state, had been canceled. Um, we were set to have it at the um, Roger Williams Park Temple to Music again this year, as we did last year. Um, so we decided to at least do something. So we decided on um, the entire committee decided on a virtual celebration. And also we wanted to incorporate something that is very necessary, which is voter registration. So from nine, I mean, five to 9 p.m., we, we will be at um, Music Fiend, downtown Providence, 81 Richmond Street, um, from five to nine outside, voter registration, selling t-shirts and just showing love to people who come by and, get, and informing them of um, the celebration itself in case they have questions. And then from seven to 9 p.m., that's where the virtual celebration begins, going live on Facebook on our Juneteenth RI Facebook page, streamed from Music Theme, who is one of our sponsors, as well as the Providence Department of Arts, um, Culture, Tourism. So um, we'll have a few artists come in and do some spoken word, poetry. Um, Let's see, the mayor um, should stop through. Um, we hope to have the governor stop through as well. And, and, and that's it until next year. And once we end it, we are going to start preparing for next year for a great celebration. Hopefully they'll have some type of remedy or vaccine for COVID-19. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I, I've, I don't know why, but I, it's probably just blind confidence, but I feel like we're going to be back on track by next summer. You know, I, I just Me have too. that. Maybe it's more hope or anything like that, but. <laughs> <laughs> Me um, as well. <laughs> Me three. Let's, let's get into, in the, in the last few minutes here, Rhode Island. I'm a native Rhode Islander. I grew up in the Southern part of the state. Um, and with the exception of the indigenous population that frankly I, I was probably more than a, the average South County person around um, just because of my geographical location growing up in Charlestown and some of the friends I had. It's a, as my wife, wife will point out and you know, it's, it's a, and she's, by the way, she's from Brazil. So she, she observes Rhode Island with a really interesting lens. Um, you know, it's, it's, everybody looks the same in the Southern part of the state. And there's a surprising amount of, frankly, ignorance that is built in, it's almost baked into the cake because of that. And there's not a lot of empathy. I mean, we saw it with the COVID-19 crisis where people are demanding everything open up while Central Falls is facing 26% positivity rates. We see it in the disconnect with the Providence schools and other schools. Broadly speaking, beyond the context of Juneteenth, what do each of you think needs to be done to close that gap here in the state? Because believe me, there are plenty of empathetic and amazing people in those locations, whether it's South County or the Northwest part of the state that want to get involved and make things uh, right, for lack of a better term. What, what is that going to take? Well, I, I'm, I, I'm just going to speak briefly on it. Um, well, it's going to take um, a definitely a great strategy. And I think um, some governmental funds into plans to um, stimulate an economic um, business structure for um, the inner city. And um, if I must say, um, for the African-American community. Um, also, um, a lot of investments um, because a lot of the 
we've been our, our communities have been divested <laughs> and yeah. for um ever. And um, if we want to just talk about Juneteenth and then just talk about when the slaves were free, what were we given? <laughs> so we're still, That's what repeating, I was say. we're still repeating a lot of those. Um, um, dis- if I'm saying it right, um, disinvestments to our communities. So we're still so far behind. Um, there's there's really a hard. Uh, I'm sorry. I just get so emotional when it comes to this. Please. So Lisa, if you want to come, come help me with this. So, um, so I think, I think that this country needs to acknowledge what they did to black people. And I think they need to give reparations. And without those two things, I don't think, and, and this is just my opinion. I think it's going to be very, very difficult for black people to ever heal in this country. They need an acknowledgement and then they need reparations because it's been hundreds and hundreds of years. They don't have, they don't have any wealth. They don't have any land and everything has worked against them to get these things. So how will they ever move forward with slavery on their shoulders without this country saying, yes, we did this and we were wrong and we're going to teach it correctly in the schools now because we're still not even teaching it correctly in the schools. Christopher Columbus still discovered America and he was wonderful. So I think that we need to do things like that. Right. And if I must say also, because we're going to have the naysayers say, well, well, what about Atlanta? They're doing well in Atlanta. Um, And what had happened in Atlanta is they had a black mayor um, that were giving out contracts um, to some of the construction workers. And but they needed to have like a six month salary um, nest. And a lot of them didn't have that. So they went to the banks and the banks didn't want to service them black construction companies and we see this a lot so we've already you know that there's redlining you know we can't get loans and all those other things however the mayor had told the banks um which they did business with the city that if you don't give these people loans then i am going to um take the city's money from your bank and of course the banks did that and now we see such a vibrant african-american um economic system happening in um atlanta and, that, and that's all because of investment and advocating. And so we need things like that to happen because, you know, if, if we look at the construction situation here, we're supposed to get at least 10% of, um, of, of the jobs and we're not even getting those. And no one is even um, abiding by the contracts in, in terms of that. So how can we make it? How can we make it? So many rules, so many regulations, um, rent's high. Um, for commercial properties and things of that nature. So, um, and we still have to work in order to try to, um, in, in terms of entrepreneurship, we still have to have a regular job just to support, you know, our our, our jobs that we did create or, or um, um, well, yeah. So I'm sorry. I'm just trying to think. I have so many thoughts in my head. In this. <laughs> but um, in terms of, we still have to have a job to make ends meet, even when we're trying to be entrepreneurs. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an, it's not a a level playing field for so many reasons. And that, I think that's the biggest thing that's misunderstood when, you know, the, the conversation comes up about privileges and so on and so forth. It's just how deeply rooted 
there's so many specific examples of where that stems from, but by and large, you know, there's investment. That's exactly the right word. There hasn't been the same type of investment in human beings or in infrastructure. Um, and, and that plays itself out in ways that we can see with our own eyes and health and education and, and so many other sectors. And you would think that would be the thing that helps everyone sort of come together in this moment right now and say, let's rally around and let's, let's make that right. And it's discouraging to hear people push back on it. I mean, I got people on, on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, when I'm hosting on WPRO, whatever, they call up that just have a completely opposite take of that. And I don't, I don't know where it comes from. I frankly can't wrap my head around it. Well, a lot of it comes from the media, you know. So uh, the George Floyd opened a lot of people's eyes because actually through the COVID, we're actually all home and we have time to actually internalize what we saw because these murders have been happening for decades <laughs> uh, um, since they were um, instituted to be able to um, patrol the slaves. Um, and only... Now it seems that as if it, it caught on and people can see the trauma that we as Black people face all the time through um, systematic racism. Yeah, and people can catch the virtual celebration by um, liking our Juneteenth, J-U-N-E-T-E-E-N-T-H-R-I Facebook page and they'll be notified once we go live. Beautiful. This is... The Bartholomew Town Podcast. Hey, Bartholomew Town listeners, be sure to check out the pod's social media channels and wherever you're listening right now, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, a great way that you can help support the podcast is to leave a rating and review.